This message was recorded at North 2012, an event organised by Christ Central, part of New Frontiers. You can find out more about Christ Central by visiting our website, ChristCentralChurches.org. Well, uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Matt Hatch. I I, uh, lead Mosaic Church in Leeds. Uh, I'm sort of leading the meeting tonight. It's my privilege uh, to introduce Jeremy Simpkins to you. Um, If you've not been here before, uh, or if you've not met Jeremy, uh, Jeremy and Anne are based in Manchester. Uh, and Jeremy uh, not only is sort of your host for uh, this North Conference, but also he leads the North team. And uh, I guess in my introduction to Jeremy, I've spent a fair bit of time with him over the last few years. And from my uh, humble opinion, um, he doesn't know what I'm going to say now, from my humble opinion, um, what you get from being with Jeremy is a massive passion for Jesus and a massive passion for the church. And you just sort of think of uh, leaders you want to aspire to, leaders you want to follow. I'm very happy following someone that has those two things that really are at the heart of his passion. So we don't get to do this very often, but let's honour and thank God for Jeremy Simpkins. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much. It's great to be at North, isn't it? And uh, so far yet, not too much rain. We're kind of praying for God to be very gracious to us in the weather. But more than that, we're praying for his spirit to come and flood this place and for us to be radically transformed by his wonderful presence. I believe that with all my heart. That's why we put on these events. That's why we run events like North, that we might primarily encounter Jesus. And that's what we want to talk a little bit about tonight. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you for those who are serving us so brilliant, particularly for the core team, those who've been around me helping us together put on events like this. And each evening, a different member of the core team or couples who are in the core team will introduce themselves so you can play core team bingo and I'll see if you can get the full set by the end of the weekend. It was great to have Roger and Cheryl from King's Church Cockermouth introducing us tonight. Well, guys, what we want to do tonight is give you a bit of family news. This isn't a classic preach. Now, you might say, Jeremy, we don't get a classic preach from you anyway. But this isn't that. It's really a bit of an update, a bit of family news to try and explain where we are as a group of churches, try and set it in context as to what's happened over the last year to 18 months and try and give us a bit of momentum going forward this weekend and set a context to what I believe God is doing. Now, I'm going to be doing something I've never done before. That's not reading the passage from the Bible. That is using this flip chart. There's all sorts of jokes and all sorts of things that I mustn't do, I'm told, but... What we want to do, what I want to do is explain to you where we've got to as a group of churches internationally. As you know, for the last 30 years, New Frontiers has been one sphere. It's been one movement. It's been one group of churches 
working together under the amazing leadership of Terry Virgo. Many of us in this room class Terry as a dear friend. He was here with us on this platform last couple of years. And by the way, he sent me a text today saying he's praying for us here at North. He wants to personally give his greeting to you and say how excited he was about the developments and all that's happening here. But really, New Frontiers, the group of churches that we've known as New Frontiers has been one sphere, one movement led by Terry. Nobody really knows how many churches there are. I mean, really, we don't. You talk to Dave Devonish and suddenly in the Caucasus or in the Russian world or the Muslims, suddenly we've added a whole nother, another group in. You speak to our friend Edward Berea. Edward's hilarious, isn't he? Edward will come to our meeting, our apostles' meetings, and he'll say, Brothers, he says what he says, I have just added in another hundred churches to New Frontiers. And you think, Really? <laughs> Yeah, really, I've added them in. And uh, we're really not sure, but we think somewhere in the region of eight to 900 churches globally would be pleased to identify with our movement and with the global leadership that Terry had brought to us, calling themselves a New Frontiers church, aligning themselves with Terry's apostolic gift and ministry. But as you know, over the last 18 months, Terry has deliberately under the leadership of the Spirit, transitioned. And last summer, as we reported here at Together in a Mission, Terry recognized what God was doing in around about 15 to 20, I wasn't even sure that anyone counted, 15 to 20 apostolic or emerging apostolic ministries around the world. So things have changed greatly. And as you know, because we shared that last year, Terry was sharing it here, we had the great privilege, we've had the great pleasure, as it were, of being launched as one of those new spheres, as one of those sensing of what God's doing with us together. The issue for us is how do we work that in the United Kingdom? Because it's actually quite easy if you're Edward Berea in Kenya with one sphere of churches, adding another hundred in, doing what he's doing. It's quite easy doing that in various other settings. But in the UK, for a couple of reasons, it's really quite complicated, quite different. First of all, we're a very small island. Have you noticed that? We're really quite small. When I was a child growing up, it was towards the end of people's memory of the British Empire. It wasn't actually the British Empire, but it was the end of the memory of that. And people talked about Great Britain and our influence in the world. And I was amazed as a child. I can remember at school looking at an atlas thinking, well, where is this mighty country then? We're ever so small. We're ever so tiny. And yet our global impact as a nation and as a, a, a nation of nations is huge. But nevertheless, we're a very, very small island. Also, we're the birthplace of what we're pleased to call New Frontiers. And by the way, we are very pleased to call it New Frontiers and to still be part of what is called New Frontiers. And what that has meant is because we've been the birthplace of New Frontiers, there are many of those 15 to 20 emerging apostolic ministries, some more emerged than others, based in the United Kingdom. In fact, there are probably six or seven apostolic ministries based in the United Kingdom. In fact, globally, that's well out of proportion to what God has done in other nations yet 
with us. So what's happened now is that in the United Kingdom, we are six or seven apostolic spheres seeking to work together. And as you can imagine, that's quite interesting. So David Holden here is one of those sphere leaders, spherical leader. I really, I really hate that name, if I'm honest with you. I, I, it says something that I don't want it to say. But David, nevertheless, is effectively now leading a movement of churches based in the United Kingdom, reaching out to other nations. If you hear David's story, you'll hear that recently God's been doing great things in France as he's been gathering groups of churches together to reflect what God is doing through him and Liz. David Devonish is one of those team leaders, one of those apostolic leaders based in the United Kingdom. But Dave's reach goes far and wide. In fact, you never, hardly ever hear him talking about the United Kingdom. He's always on the run somewhere. If you follow him on the tweet, I don't even take a breath when I follow Dave Devonish and see what he's doing, see where he's pressing into this Muslim world, where he's pressing into this Russian country, where he's pushing into this anything that ends in Stan on the end of it. But how we work together in the United Kingdom is going to be really interesting. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. Because what's happened really is that we've decided as apostles together in the United Kingdom that we want to still operate out of the charity called New Frontiers. And there are certain things that we want to And we feel God has called us to do together in the United Kingdom for the extension of his kingdom in this nation and from this nation to the nations. There would be various leadership gatherings. These would be various gatherings of young people. For instance, just this last week, 7,000 young people gathering in Norwich for New Day, hearing of healings and salvations. Wonderful things. It's great. I love it when Steve Hurd gets up to talk about 800, but we're talking 7,000 in the nation. Of course we want to carry on serving New Day and seeing that happen. What's happening in Mobilize with our students and 20s, there are things that we want to do together in this nation, and so therefore we are going to be keeping our charity called New Frontiers, We're going to be keeping that in operation in the United Kingdom so that we can have a legal, well-governed structure in order to facilitate all these extra and all these things we're doing together in the nation. And I think there's more that God wants us to do. It's interesting even hearing Steve Vaughan say that phrase again. There's more we can do together than we can apart. And I'm believing God that sphere after sphere are going to lock together, work together, link arms together to do great things in this nation. And New Frontiers is a great charity, a great vehicle for us to do that. It's, it, over the last few years, under Dave Devonish's governance and leadership, we've had excellent reviews 
It's a well-run charity. It's a world-class charity. And we want to keep that charity going in the United Kingdom. We think that New Frontiers has a great name in the United Kingdom. We're known for certain values. We're known for certain truths. And we want to keep associating together under the banner, under the umbrella of New Frontiers. So are you getting the message? Because there's been a bit of confusion. There's been a bit of jungle tom-toms going around saying New Frontiers is over. Listen, I'm here to say New Frontiers is alive and well and working together and thriving together in the United Kingdom. However, there's always however, we've recognised the need to free one another to do the things that God has uniquely called us to do. So God has uniquely called David Devonish at the moment, into the Russian world. I'm not saying others of us won't get into there, but right now, David's leading that spearhead into the Russian world. What God is doing with David Holden in terms of France. God is doing things with us in terms of Canada, in terms of Norway, in terms of some African nations. And we have freed one another as apostles based in the United Kingdom, still linking arms together, still being part of New Frontiers. We're freeing one another out of necessity to set up our own legal identities. So how it will work is this. Each of us, as apostles based in the United Kingdom, will sit on the trust of New Frontiers, giving leadership, direction, accountability to that. But each of us will set up our own It's kind of messy, I know. We'll set up our own charities, and some of them will kind of interlock at times. Some of them will touch one another and do things together. But nevertheless, we feel God has called us to set up our own identity here for the things that God has specifically called us to do. Certain training things certain leadership things, but primarily strengthening churches and and planting churches, going to the nations to plant churches. And we need to free one another to do that. We need to better fundraise to do that. We need to better have momentum together to do that. So in an event like North, there's such a lot of momentum, there's such a lot of excitement, there's such a lot of thrust and push together to go Liverpool, to go to nations, to go and do these things. And we need a vehicle to be able to do that. We've looked at it carefully and we can't do that staying within the new frontiers legal charity, legal structure. We need a new structure. We need a new vehicle. These are not independent vehicles. They'll have their own governance, but there'll be some mutual accountability together. But nevertheless, we need a vehicle to do that. Now, do you know what the hardest thing to do when you set up a new charity? Do you know? Not rhetorical question, expecting answer. Thank you. Think of a jolly name. The naming of a charity is actually, in my experience, one of the hardest things to do. Setting up trustees is not that complicated. Setting up the governance of it is not that complicated. 
Setting up the direction of it, the legality of it is not that complicated. But deciding a name for the charity is actually quite difficult. And we've sat down as apostles together working in the United Kingdom and say, how are we going to name these things? And we decided that there's two things that we wouldn't do. Number one, and this strikes at our heart so much, we wouldn't call it anything geographic. Thanks. Really helpful. We have a vehicle called North, kind of vaguely geographic. Somebody came up with a great title. I like this one, True North. (laughs) It's not only geographic, it's positional. But we decided against that. The second thing we decided as apostles together working out of the United Kingdom that we wouldn't do is that we wouldn't allow it to represent just one value. That would probably be unhelpful in our thinking. So, for instance, one of our great values is the grace of God. One of our amazing values would be word and spirit. But we're not going to free one another to call it the grace of God movement or word and spirit movement because that only really sums up one of our values. So that's given us a real problem. To be honest with you, it's given me a real problem. I've been out walking a lot in the mornings. That's what I do. I enjoy walking with the Lord. I enjoy talking with him and praying with him. And I can tell you exactly where I was on my morning circuit about six months ago in the spring when I felt God asked me this question. And by the way, there's a bit of a clue in the question that he asks me. I felt he said to me, why not? Because I was praying, Lord, come on, give me a name. Give me a name. I want a unique name. I want a new name. I want a fancy name. I want a name that everyone goes, ooh, ah, wonderful name. That was my kind of prayer. And I felt he said this, why not Christ Central? Okay? That's what I told him. He, of course, went silent. Don't you hate it when heaven goes silent? Don't you hate it when he starts an argument but won't finish it? Don't you hate it when he starts saying something but doesn't give you the answer? So I came up with the solution to his question. I I came two solutions. The first one is, well, I have, excuse me, I have a church called Christ Central in Manchester. That's what I felt God speak to me. I was walking another time. There's lots of walking. And I felt God speak to me three years ago, out walking, and he said this, I want you to build for me a Christ Central church in Manchester. And I thought, Lord, that's really what I want to build for you. I thought, actually, also, that's a great name for a church. So we kind of named the work that we were involved in, or renamed the work that we were involved in, Christ Central. And I said, Lord, they'll just think that I'm pushing my own agenda. They'll just think that I want to make the name of Christ Central Manchester famous. Heaven is silent. I said, people will think, Lord, I'm just trying to push my thing, which actually isn't my heart at all. I didn't want that name. I wanted a new name. I wanted something fresh. Heaven is silent. So I started to ask people who, of course, would tell me, Jeremy, no, that's really not a good thing. I started with my local elders because they're the most honest with me. I said, surely people think, and they said, well, actually, if God has spoken that name to you, Jeremy, that's a good thing. I don't blow, is it? That's, that's a good thing. God has spoken it to you. Then that's a really good thing. 
I went to the trustees because I honour the governance of trustees. I said, look, this will be a real complicated issue for you if we go for this, won't it? And they go, no, we'd be delighted. So I thought, well, okay, the locals are happy, but then the locals are going to be happy because it's Christ Central. So I took it to my north team, to the core team and to the wider team and said, look, this is what I'm feeling. I'm wrong, aren't I? Just, Just help me to understand. Help me to rule this out. And they said, no, we think you're onto something here. We think the Lord is speaking to you. And if the Lord is speaking to you, if it's part of God's prophetic promises for you, you've, God's given you this name. It's not like you're pinching somebody else's name. In fact, when I called the church Christ Central, there wasn't another Christ Central in the country. The jolly well is now. But there wasn't at the time I Googled it. All I could find is a ministry in America. And you can find a ministry in America called Edifice. I mean, you can, Really? So I said to the team, surely we shouldn't go for this, should we? And they said, Jeremy, no, it's a prophetic thing. We feel yes. We think this is a good thing. But then, of course, I had my trump card. My trump card is this. David will well appreciate this. David Devonish, that is. I said, Lord, Lord, we want to get into difficult nations. We want to get into what some would call closed nations, although no nation is close to Jesus, who is Lord of all the nations. We want to get into nations. We want to get behind Dave, actually, and what he's doing, and see some of those nations penetrated. I thought, that will be difficult. Surely, it's better to go with kind of like an insipid name. I didn't call it that, but (laughs) insipid. No, no. Um, the, The one I came up with, the one I came up with, is inspire. That's good, isn't it? Inspire. The fact that it sounds like a youth group is irrelevant, but I thought I looked it up and it means God breathed. I thought, oh, this is wonderful. It means with creativity. I thought, this is wonderful. Then I find out it is the on, this is absolutely true, you can Google it yourself, but be careful. It is the online magazine for Al Qaeda. I thought that'll open a few doors for us. <laughs> Might close a few as well. And then I started to talk to some people who were working in so-called closed countries. And they said to me this, actually, the one thing that is appreciated is integrity and honesty. The one thing that we don't like or isn't liked is Christians going in under one name and then kind of popping up later and saying, we're the church. So actually, to be very clear as to who you are, to name the name of Jesus, isn't actually a negative. It could be a positive. Because actually, the name of Jesus is honoured in many nations. Maybe not as we see him, but it isn't honoured. So I felt that was ruled out for me. So then... I thought, right, I'm going to get a little committee together because these things are always best dis- defined by committees. So I got a little committee together. I asked my friend Graham Pyman, sitting down here. I said, Graham, gather together some pastors, some prophets, and some business leaders, particularly those who are involved in marketing, and have a look at this for me. And don't tell them what I'm thinking at all. In fact, here's all the other names that I gave him probably 15 names that I'd thought of or have been thought up. 
the group also thought up some more. So we had 20 names for them to work through. And they took a whole day and worked through it. They prayed. They asked the Lord to show them. They, they, they narrowed it down to four names. Interesting enough, every single name, apart from Christ Central, that I came up with was taken off the list. They didn't like them. <laughs> they didn't know that they were my names, so I'd chosen them, including Inspire. I mean, you know, how could you not like that anyway? And then apparently they had a coffee break and dear Ginny, who's sitting here, said something like, and I'll probably misquote you Ginny, something like, well, he said, we all know what it should be. It's not even a Yorkshire accent, is it? (laughs) She has a lovely Yorkshire accent, does Ginny. We all know what it should be, but none of us want to say it. And they all go, okay, Ginny, what should it be? And she said, Christ Central. And the other said, yeah, that's exactly what we thought. So I then had this letter sent to me by this distinguished group of prophets, marketing experts and pastors saying, we thoroughly recommend that you name the sphere, that you name this new movement, that you name this new charity Christ Central. They also said that in marketing... The best thing, there's a phrase in marketing, it's this. It does what it says on the tin. And they say, if you can get a name that actually does what it says on the tin, you're ahead, you're a winner in marketing terms. For instance, they said, Amazon had to plough millions and millions into online advertising so that we understood it wasn't a rainforest, it was a place to buy things from the rainforest. Whereas the book depository didn't have to do that. They said that orange, and we all know the future's orange, because they pour millions into TV advertising, because otherwise you think it's a fruit rather than a telephone. Talk, talk, didn't have to do that. And they said in business, unless you want to spend a few million, you're actually best to do what it says on the tin. Anyway, final thing. Not the final thing in the preach, but the final thing in this introduction. to to the big reveal, which ain't such a big reveal anymore. But I wanted you to know the story. I want you to know how we've gone through this. There's a very dear friend of mine. I don't even know if he's here. I haven't seen him yet. It's Mark Taylor here from uh, one of the elders of Bolton Church and uh, church planting into West Horton. Are you here, Mark? Thank you, Mark. Mark came to see me, and if you know Mark, Anne calls him Tigger, because he's so full of bounce, he's so full of energy, he's so full of life, isn't he? And uh, he came to me, him and his wife, Mim, and, and he was so nervous, and I thought, I'm always nervous when people are nervous around me. And he was like, and he said, I've got a prophetic word for you. I thought, oh no, prophetic, he said, it's about the sphere. I thought, oh no, I, I'm kind of, I think I know what I'm doing, but a prophetic word. Thanks, Mark. Great. And so he started to tell me, and this is literally what he said to me, and I've I've written this down here. Number one, that whatever you do, you must say that you are part of New Frontiers. We must honour where God has called us from. We must honour the rock from which we were hewn. We must, with integrity, say where our DNA is traced from, what our family name is. And as a team, we already decided on that. So that kind of caught my attention. Number two, he said this, it must be prophetic and not just pragmatic. Number three, 
he said, you already know what it is, but you're far too nervous to announce it. And that was quite brave of him, because he hadn't a clue. And he said, fourthly, you need to announce it confidently at this year's North. So I don't know how confident the last 20 minutes has been, because I wanted to tell my story. But we have, as a core team, and as a group of churches, I've talked to many of the elders, most of the elders, I would say probably all the elders, we shared this with, of the churches that we're working with, that we would like, and we would like to lead you into our movement, our sphere, being called Christ Central. Now, that's not a finished logo. That's what we think it will look like. That's, what, that's just something we're looking at and working at. But this is who we are. We are Christ Central. We are part of New Frontiers. We have a domain name, www.christcentralchurches.org, because we couldn't get christcentral.org, because some weird thing in America is called that, apparently. But for me... This sums up, this ties together all of our values. So if you look at our mighty banners on the wall that we revealed last year, we're friends enjoying God together. What holds us together? What's the glue that holds us together? What is the one thing that we have in unity together? That is, we're in Christ, that Christ is central in our relationships. It's not just we like one another. It's not just we're friends together and enjoy one another's company, but we together are in Christ. We're together caught up in him. We're Christ central in our relationships. We're building churches empowered by the word and the spirit. These churches that we're building, these churches that we're strengthening, these churches that we're going, ends of the earth, they're churches built on Jesus Christ. He's the rock. He's the central point. He's the centrality. I'm delighted to say we have Christ-central churches, that Jesus is central in the church. You encounter Jesus in the church by his spirit. Every church is built on him, founded by him, is filled by him, and is to his praise and to his glory. We're advancing the kingdom. Whose kingdom is it? Christ's kingdom. He spoke 82 times in the New Testament about his kingdom. He's the king of the kingdom. Christ is central in the kingdom. And we're reaching nations. hope you can hear tonight the extent of our heart to reach nation after nation after nation. Why? Because we want all the glory in the nations to go to Jesus Christ. We want him to be central amongst the nations. That's why I think this is a great name to hold us together as a movement. Still part of New Frontiers. Now, let me give you some Bible. My favourite book. Are you allowed to have favourite books? don't know if you are. My favourite book in the Bible is Ephesians. And my favourite chapter in Ephesians is Ephesians chapter 1. In fact, let me quote my dear friend John Hosier. John Hosier says this, Ephesians chapter 1 is probably, I love the way that, probably, the most splendid chapter in the whole of the Bible. Terry Virgo. 
describes certain chapters of the New Testament like mountain ranges, like mountain peaks. And Terry says, as you look across the vast range of the mountain peaks of the New Testament, the Everest is Ephesians chapter 1. It's amazing, Ephesians chapter 1. It tells you all sorts of incredible things. It tells you what God was doing before the foundation of the world. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, He chose us in Him before the creation of the world. There was an awful lot of time before the creation of the world. What was God doing before He created the cosmos, before He set it all into motion? He was planning your salvation. He was thinking about you and engineering perfectly all of your life to bring you to the point of committing yourself to Him. It's a wonderful chapter. It also tells us gloriously what the end of all things is. See, we know how it's all going to end. We know what the end point is. We know what's going to happen in the end. And this is what it says in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 to 10. He's made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. What is it? to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. What is the purpose of creation? What is the purpose of what we're doing in terms of planting churches, seeing people saved and added? The purpose of it all is to bring glory to Jesus. The purpose of it all is to be Christ-central. The purpose of it all is to bring honour and praise and worship to Jesus. The word there, to bring unity when it says to bring unity to all things, to gather all things together up under Christ. The word there is to bring back together again, to reunite, to reconcile, and this is one I love, to reharmonize. You see, once upon a time, all of creation was in harmony. Once upon a time, when God spoke it into being, everything vibrated to the same harmonic. Everything shouted out, Jesus is Lord, Christ is central, he's the king. Everything vibrated to that. Everything, it was like a beautiful crescendo, it's like an amazing symphony. It all worked together with one sound. It says, when the earth was formed, it says in Job, I laid the earth's foundation while the morning stars sang together and the angels shouted for joy. The symphony of worship was to Christ. I love the writings of C.S. Lewis. I love the Narnia Chronicles. I think I'm just a child at heart, really. And C.S. Lewis writes in The Magician's Nephew, describing Aslan as the great lion, the Christ figure, creating the universe of Narnia through song. In the darkness, something was happening at last. A voice began to sing. It seemed to come from all directions at once. Its lower notes were deep enough to be the voice of the earth itself. There were no words. There was hardly even a tune but it was beyond comparison. The most beautiful noise he had ever heard. It was so beautiful, he could hardly bear it. The universe singing its song to Jesus. That's how the earth 
started. That's how creation started. Some scientists say, this is a quote from a scientist, Dr. Donald Hatch. He says this, the universe is composed of music. Everything is made up of types of waves or pulsating vibrations. But unfortunately, the symphony has become out of tune, disharmonized, knocked out of kilter. See, when man sinned, when we went our own way, it affected everything. The song was knocked out of joint. The song was knocked out of tune. The whole of creation was somehow affected. It First of all, it seemed to affect thistles and thorns. Then it seemed to affect human relationships. Within a chapter, men are killing one another who'd been brothers together. It affected the whole of human relationships. And so plagues and deserts and tsunamis and hurricanes plague the earth. Because the earth is out of kilter. It's out of balance. It's out of tune. It's not in harmony together. But Jesus came and he came to restore. He came to re-harmonize. He came to reconcile. He came to reunite. And we always think of the cross in terms of our personal harmony, our disharmony. I was out of joint. I'm put back into joint. I was out of relationship with God through the cross, through what Jesus has done. I'm reconciled. I'm re-harmonized. But actually the cross has more power and more cosmic significance than just my personal salvation. Of course it includes my personal salvation. It includes your personal salvation. But it also has a beautiful, amazing, powerful cosmic power and authority. But one day, the cross of Jesus is going to have impact on every living thing. Every atom is going to be pulled back into line again. And we'll once again sing, Jesus is Lord. Every tongue will, will sing, every knee will bow, every atom pulled into line to declare that Christ is Lord. You see, the cross echoes back through eternity. There's a weird phrase in Revelation which talks about the lamb that was slain from before the foundation of the world. Kind of weird. But it was right there. The cross isn't God's second thought, it's his first thought. Even Jesus referred back to others who'd seen the cross. Jesus said, Abraham... He rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. He could see the cross from afar. He could see the ripples of this incredible cosmic thing happening. And we get this amazing glimpse into Revelation that actually the cross will ripple not just back in time, but amazingly forward in time to one day all of creation singing, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. And God will restore everything. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth and a new Hutton Rugby, and a new Teesside, and a new North Yorkshire, and a new UK, and a new Europe, and there'll be a, a whole thing will be renewed together. Isaiah 65, verse 17, Behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth. Acts 3, verse 21, Jesus must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything. Revelation 21, verses 1 and 4, And then John says, I saw 
a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and he wiped every tear from their eyes. And there was no more death or mourning or crying or pain. The old order had passed away. This is what John Piper says. One day, there'll be no more destructive tornadoes or hurricanes or floods or droughts or plagues or diseases or accidents or harmful animals, insects or viruses. The prophecy of Isaiah will have come to pass. Behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth. And once again, everything will sing, Jesus is Lord. The amazing thing about Ephesians chapter 1 is it goes on to talk about you in this process. Now this isn't just nice for Jesus. This isn't just something that we will observe and see happen. But actually, we are going to be caught up in this reign. We are going to be caught up in Christ's centrality and enjoying who he is. Ephesians 1, verse 22. God has placed all things under his feet and appointed him head over everything for the church. Dear friends, we're caught up in this reign. We have an amazing inheritance. We're called to reign with Christ. We're called to enjoy and celebrate and declare Christ's centrality. Timothy 2.12 You will also reign with him. Revelation 5.10 and 22.5 You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. They'll not need a light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord will give them light, and they, that's us, will reign with him forever. Dear friends, we won't just be casual observers of a cosmic event, as if Venus was intersecting with Mars, and we were looking at this thing. We are going to be caught up in this, reigning with Christ. We are called to be overcomers, victors, reigners. And do you know what the glory of that is? We get to do it now. We get to do it ahead of time. It's like we have aligned ourselves with the true song, with true harmony, with truth. And now we're singing a song that is correct, that is right alignment. And we're saying to things that are not correct, that are not rightly aligned, now align up with Jesus, now align up with truth. We get the amazing privilege ahead of time of declaring and proclaiming the kingdom of Jesus, the reign of Jesus. One day all creation will be caught up in this. And in fact, all creation is looking at you. You know, sometimes I look at creation. I stare at it. These are my hills, by the way. I still own them. You still live just here. I, I love it. I, every time I come back to Teesside, I love these hills. And I stare at them. But you know what? They're staring at us. They're, we're not looking at them. They're staring at us. And they're urging us on. They're saying, come on, church, arise. Sing the right song. Come on, church, arise. Be in tune. Come on, church, arise. Declare the truth and integrity that Jesus reigns. We've known that song for years. We're ancient hills. We've known that song. We're longing one day to get pulled into that, but you go ahead of us. You think, that's nuts. No, it's not. It's Bible. Romans 8, verse 20, for creation was subjected to frustration in the hope that creation itself 
will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. They want to be brought into our freedom. See, I feel free when I'm out in the hills, but they want my freedom. The whole of creation is yearning, groaning, that we would step up into our inheritance and start to sing in tune, to start to sing the tune again. I grew up with a famous Coca-Cola advert. I like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. I want to teach the world that's out of tune. I want to teach the world that doesn't know Jesus is Lord. I want to teach the world that is in poverty and in disease and in difficulty. I want to teach it to sing in tune. And do you know, friends, we get this wonderful opportunity ahead of time. You see, our eschatology, our view of the end times, must affect now. It must affect how we live. It's not pie in the sky by and by one day. What we believe about the end times must inform how we pray and believe now. And to bring a summation to this, we're believing ahead of time that the sick get healed. One day he'll wipe every tear away, but we're going to see some jolly tears wiped away this weekend. One day every knee will bow, but we're actually going to see some knees bowing this weekend. Even tomorrow as Adrian preaches the gospel from this stage, we're going to see the sick healed and the lost come to Christ. There's going to be wonderful miracles happening this weekend ahead of time. They're not officially scheduled now, but we're pulling them from eternity into the now. That's the glorious purpose of the church. It's the glorious purpose of the Christian to say that which will happen, happen now. Jesus taught the church to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. When? Now, on earth, as it is in heaven. One day in heaven, pulling it into the now. Dear friends, I believe the Lord wants to quicken the pace with us this weekend. He wants to quicken our understanding of who we are in Christ. He wants to quicken our understanding of the authority that we have, that we're called to reign with him. One day we'll exercise that over worlds and planets. Let's start exercising it now over sicknesses and diseases. Dear friends, he's calling us this weekend to stand in our authority to proclaim that Christ is central, to step out and starting to demonstrate that Christ is central. I wonder if the band could come back as I pray. Lord Jesus, our great desire is for you to be revealed as Lord of the nations. You already are Lord of the nations. Father's already given you that place of authority He's already said, sit at my right hand and I'll give nations as your inheritance. Lord Jesus, when you died on the cross, you didn't say, I'm finished. You said, it is finished. I've completed it. I've done the work. I've paid it all. That the whole of humanity, that the whole of creation might be realigned. Lord Jesus, we love your cross. We love the glorious sacrifice that you gave for us. But we thank you, Lord. That's not just a personal thing. That's going to affect everything. And therefore, Lord, I ask you ahead of time, I ask you, Lord, this weekend for salvations. 
I ask you this weekend for healings. I ask you this weekend for kingdom breakthroughs. I ask you, Lord Jesus, for new territories to be taken this weekend, for new nations to be, t- to be taken, for churches to be birthed, for young couples who said, well, we just bought a house last year. Now we're on mission to go to Liverpool. We're giving it all up. We're just going because Jesus, we want to see Jesus famous in Liverpool. We want to join with other churches. We want to see Jesus being, we want to see Christ central in Liverpool. We want to see that, Lord. And we're asking you, we line ourselves up just as Tony was encouraging us, access all areas. We ask you, Lord, Come, come upon us, Lord, and glorify Jesus. We say this is not for us. Every healing, every miracle, every salvation is only that more glory and more honour might go to him. It's that actually there might be a retuning of creation, that all of creation might sing and proclaim Jesus is Lord. We say, Lord, ahead of time, we want to proclaim worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb in Jesus' name. Let's stand and let's give Jesus glory and honour.